You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. Hello, Jack. Hello, everyone listening. Week five, week five already is in the books. Uh, it feels just like, about. Feels like the season just started. Yeah. It, it's felt very long for me so far, to be honest, Emilian. Um, the, these early mornings have have been um, mixed, mixed results, <laughs> to say the least. And I'm speaking mostly in a betting sense, as you can probably tell. How have you found this week's action? Uh, yeah, I mean, it started off with a shocker on Thursday night football, which we will get to in a bit. Shocker? Oh, it was awful. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like shocking result. Oh, no, no, like, I thought, like, I mean, like, it was, it was a bad game. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I didn't watch it live, but <laughs> I didn't even really watch the highlights, to be honest. I sort of skimmed through them because I didn't want to watch a field goal fest. Yeah. I thought you liked the defense, though. I, I mean, thought, I, th- I thought you, I thought I like you'd defense. rather the good defense. That wasn't good defense, though. That was just bad offense. It wasn't good defense. That was just bad offense all around. Said so none of it was good defense? Uh, some good defense, but, I mean, it was mainly bad offense, especially from... You know, quarterbacks of the caliber of Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Mm. Well, so you didn't watch it live? I did not. I was at work. So oh, okay. I could. That early? Yeah, I was working double. Fair enough. So the Colts won 12-9 on Thursday night football over the Broncos in Denver. Obviously, this game was, um, I suppose, headlined by Russell Wilson's miss to KJ Hamler in the end zone. Um, instead, he... I can't remember who he forced it to. It may have been Cortland Sutton. He was targeting, I'm not sure, but he missed a breaking open KJ Hamler, who was obviously not very pleased um, by being ignored by Wilson. And um, the Colts get... You know, a hard-fought win, another ugly win for yeah. the Colts, but they're two, two, and one now. And yeah, I mean, like th- they're well and truly alive um, in the AFC South. Yeah. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Colts needed this one. The Broncos, though, after a bad performance against the Raiders last week, this is one they really needed, and they just absolutely stunk up the entire stadium. Uh, Russell Wilson saw the ghost of Malcolm Butler covering KJ Hamler there. <laughs> but, nah, pretty awful performance on both, both sides of the ball from both teams, to be honest. Uh, this is not what playoff teams are supposed to look like, and these two teams are going to be looking for a playoff spot. Luckily for the Colts, the Jags uh, really missed a big opportunity today. We'll get to that in a bit. So the Colts sit second in the AFC South. The Titans, obviously, on top of that division. The Broncos, though, losing record, 2-3. And the only teams they've beaten have been a uh, 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo in a really bad offensive performance and the Texans. Yeah, I mean, it's like how good a friend of Riff would say these division games are really going to determine <laughs> the um, standings come the end of the season. But I think we should keep it with the AFC South and just kind of discuss those results as a whole today. So obviously we had the Jags and Texans in a, a Monday morning affair this morning. Um, it was the Texans that got the job done over a disappointing Jags team who we've come to have somewhat higher expectations for than in past seasons. And they simply did not deliver. And I think it's one of those cases where 
you know, you've got a really young team in the Jags who you kind of start to lift expectations for and I think it kind of got to them because they just could not generate um, any semblance of a competent offense against, you know, a Texans defense that ranks pretty low, um, especially in the running game and in terms of overall yards given up. And their offense isn't much to write home about either. It was really the, the Damian Pierce show um, that got the job done and really the Jags, um, you know, they're not going to win the AFC South playing like the way they did today. No, absolutely not. They've now lost nine consecutive games against the Texans. So this is just one of those series where the Texans just own the Jaguars at this point. But Trevor Lawrence, look, that pick, that Derek Stingley pick in the end zone, uh, you just can't throw that. Like, as, as much as I love Derek Stingley, it was a good pick. That was just a bad decision from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that close to the goal line, you know, you never want to see end zone interceptions. Uh, as you said, this is Damian Pierce show in, in Houston. Uh, he's putting the team on, on his back. And they're 1-3-1. and one. The Jags, though, need to step up. We saw them play decent against the Eagles last week, and then we saw them dismantle the Chargers the week before. They are capable of playing like a playoff contender. I think that's their ceiling this season. But they need to do it consistently. And, you know, James Robinson needs to help out. Travis Etienne had a decent game. But the, the six points is not enough against the Texans. Yeah, I, the AFC South, to me, is just a really odd division in terms of some of these... Um, in division results you talked about it last week on the podcast uh, between the Titans and Colts it it seems to go they always seem to split the series and it always feels like the away team wins it's it's a really odd one there and also um, the Jags and Texans is always no matter how you know like good or bad either team is doing you just get these unexpected results and I don't think there's really um, a division like it in the NFL in the NFL like the AFC South but it's the Titans who got out of jail against the Commanders. I thought the, I actually picked the Commanders to beat the Titans, but it was Tennessee who ended up winning by a score of twenty-one to seventeen. It was a scoreless last quarter in uh, in DC. Um, Derrick Henry went for one hundred and two yards and two touchdowns. Deami Brown went for one hundred and five yards and two touchdowns. It was close. I thought it would be close. Um, it's it's a game that the Titans had to have, um, especially building momentum off their win last week. Yeah, well, I didn't get to see much of this game just because Red, Red Zone wasn't showcasing it. Um, but I will say that Carson Wentz interception to lose the game at the very end. Uh, he was clearly disappointed by it. But now the Commanders lose four straight. Uh, after what looked like a decent start to the season against Jacksonville in week one, They've now lost four in a row, and they quite frankly look like a really bad team. The Titans are still not convincing anyone, in my eyes. Uh, I think, obviously, if you get Derrick Henry going, then he's great. But uh, he did rush for over 100 yards, but, you know, it's 3.6 yards a carry. It's not like he's getting consistently big yardage. They're just feeding him the ball a lot. And obviously, that's going to turn into touchdowns, but it's not sustainable if the Titans want to beat good teams and, you know, hold their lead or even catch up to good teams. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I don't think you really mind if you're a Titans fan. Derrick Henry is renowned as like a short yardage back more than the guy who's going to give you like insane yards per carry, I think, obviously because of how high usage he is. Look, I mean, 
they're getting these wins where they need to. Last week, I think, was a good win for them. I certainly didn't expect them to win against the Colts after they had just come off of that Chiefs win, but they currently lead the division at 3-2, and two, despite um, those you know earlier bad losses to the Giants and then that blowout against Buffalo. So I think they're in an okay spot. I mean, they're obviously on top of the AFC South. It's kind of like, you know... Uh, it's going it's to be a case where this division is going to be really tight. You know, you're not, you're not going to get like, um, a, you know, a top seed out of this division. Um, but I think it's in their hands, hundred percent. Yes, um, I agree. These teams like the Colts and Titans, like it's theirs to lose because in my mind the Jags aren't winning it this year, um, and the Texans aren't. I'm still holding out hope for the Jags. I think the Jags can definitely improve as the season goes, and could, sure. su- could surprise us. Yeah, not in my mind. I I, I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to tire out by the end of the season. Um, They're still very young, and today's result against the Texans kind of shows that they're just not quite ready yet. Like, that kind of loss just can't happen. Like, they managed six points at home against the Texans and lost. It's just... it's Frankly, it's not good enough. Um, Lawrence wasn't good enough either, especially after how promising he's been so far, but... Anyway, that's kind of like the AFC South covered for today. I guess we should keep it in the AFC with the Dolphins and Jets. This was, I mean, this was a shocking result in terms of um, my expectations, even with Teddy Bridgewater in the starting lineup. And even after he was booted out of the starting lineup due to, um, I believe it was a elbow injury um, after he was cleared of concussion, it was... 40 to 17, um, the Jets won, and I cannot remember the last time the Jets scored that many points. Um, they certainly ruined my morning. Um, <laughs> but um, Brees Hall was very good. He had two receptions for 100 yards, um, and Zach Wilson did what he had to do. Indeed, better call Hall if you want that Jets offense to score because he took over that game. He was quite incredible. Uh, the Miami Dolphins defense just didn't know what to do. Obviously, it's not great going in with a plan, with a game plan featuring Teddy Bridgewater, and then he gets you know taken out of the game about three snaps in. That doesn't help. But you got to learn to adjust. And obviously, Scarlett Thompson, seventh round pick, rookie. <laughs> you don't have high expectations, but look, Raheem Mostert had a good game. This is one for the Dolphins to write off and just focus on the next week for the Jets. They now have a winning record. They're three and two. Who would have seen that coming? You say uh, a few years ago the Jets are going to have a winning record uh, in the AFC, which is loaded with the, you know, all this talent. Uh, Zach Wilson looked good, but yeah, the Brees Hall show took over and the defense did its job. Yeah, the defense has been strong. Um, they've definitely started to come into their own under Robert Sala, um, which is not something I probably would have predicted based off last season. But it's, it's good for them, and it's good for the entire um, state of New York after the Giants also won. They beat the Packers 27-22 in London in what was another surprising result. Um, I kind of want to just discuss Aaron Rodgers very briefly. I think he's been fairly underwhelming in terms of what he's dished out so far. He's kind of just done what he's had to do. Like, it's been very baseline, you know, just... It's been safe. Yeah, it, it hasn't been overly impressive. I think he's just kind of 
he seems like a guy who's playing for the playoffs. You, you know, it feels like it's like it feels to me as if he's he wants to show up when it's playoff time. Like he's not too interested in these early season games. But the thing is, they're only three and two, and really they should have beaten the Giants, especially um, after going up something like seventeen to three. I didn't see this one live, um, but yeah, Saquon Barkley seventy yards and a touchdown that. Um, pivotal wildcat touchdown and then that stop on Rogers on I believe it was fourth down towards the end of the game yeah it's just a good result for the Giants obviously Um, I haven't been super impressed with their offense in terms of the passing game obviously the the running game is a different story but Daniel Jones still has a lot to prove in my mind but obviously you know they're going to take these wins when they get them and they're four and one Absolutely. Uh, one positive thing from Daniel Jones from this game is he was careful with the ball. Only six incompletions on 27 passes. No touchdowns, but no interceptions either. Saquon Barkley did his thing. Um, but the Giants defense definitely, you know, showed up big when they had to. With Aaron Rodgers, I agree. It, uh, for me, it just doesn't seem like his heart's in it at the moment. And it's weird because obviously with all the drama surrounding whether or not he would play for Green Bay coming into the season, uh, Devontae Adams got traded but Aaron Rodgers knew that would happen before signing his extension. And I don't know, this Green Bay team does not look impressive at all. If you listen to the podcast last week, I mentioned how they barely got a win against the Patriots, who had <laughs> Bailey Zapp start, uh, play for them. They lost in uh, they won in overtime by three points at the last second. That's just not something you want to do at home against the Patriots. Uh, not impressive at all from the Packers. They face the Jets next week at home. That's one they can lose. I, 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 I can say with confidence that the Jets... Uh, I would put my money on them to win that game next week. Against Green Bay. Against Green Bay. At Lambeau. Yes. If, if the Packers play like they have been playing for the past two weeks and the Jets play like they played yes, uh, just today, I mean, <laughs> Jets' offense is a lot more explosive than the Packers at the moment. To be honest, I'd be on the exact opposite side of that okay. fence, to be honest. Um, next week, especially after what we've seen today, um, I could not see a scenario where the Packers lose against the Jets at home um, coming off the back of such a disappointing loss like they just suffered back at home yeah I mean to be honest I think it would be one of my locks of the week that the Packers win next week I mean I'll I'll be completely honest I only had two locks coming into this week Um, I thought the Buccaneers and the Bills were locks coming into this week uh Keeping it in the NFC North, obviously we mentioned the Patriots. They absolutely obliterated the Lions on both sides yeah. of the ball today, winning 29-0. That, you know, number one offense of the Lions to this point, or up, up until today, just completely faulted. Obviously, we know they have injuries. Amon Rasen Brown isn't 100%. No DeAndre Swift, no DJ Chark. Uh, I'm not sure if Josh Reynolds got, got up. He might have, but yeah, it, it was obviously a very... Very poor outing for the Lions. It just seemed like one of those games where, um, you know, this kind of rising Lions team might have just been a bit of like a deer in the headlights coming into Foxborough up against Bill Belichick, despite the fact that it was Bailey Zappi starting again for New England. Um, he was pretty good. He managed the game well. Um, Ramondre Stevenson was very impressive after Damian Harris went down with a hamstring. Interesting little run of form for the Patriots I think you know that that they stretched yeah. the Packers last week and 
now that they were, they were quite dominant and, and it just it just brings with a little bit of maybe a um, question of you know which quarterback can take the Patriots further this season between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Um, it's just a, it was a, it's a, it's a weird one I think, um, but obviously pretty disappointing for a Detroit Lions fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. They went and scored forty five on Seattle last week. And to to follow that up, they scored nothing against the Patriots. I think it goes to show, obviously from Seahawks fan perspective, how bad the Seahawks defense is, but also maybe how out of the depth sometimes the Lions are. Um, obviously, they're one of the more unfortunate one and four teams in the league right now. Um, they've definitely lost a few games they could have won. But back to your point of the Patriots, I now know that his name is Bailey Zappy, not Zap. Um, fun fun name though. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Ramondre Stevenson picked up. Right where, you know, he had to... I think they've got a really good run game right now with Damien Harrison, him sharing snaps. And it takes a lot of pressure off off of Bailey's Zappi because he's just a rookie and obviously he's not going to be lining it up anytime soon. But all he has to do is just enough to sort of push the Patriots forwards in these games. And look, the defense did all the work, did most of the work for this game. They shut out the quote-unquote best offense in the league. Uh, and yeah, absolutely stellar performance from the Patriots. Who... Just debuted their throwback uniforms, and they look spectacular. <laughs> Not bad indeed. The Bears and Vikings, to cap off this little NFC North discussion, went at it in Minnesota today. The Vikings got the job done 29-22 after a bit of a scare, considering they were up 21-3 in the first half. Um, and it honestly was just the Justin Jefferson show in the first half. He was schemed open a number of times, and the Bears, def- uh, Bears defense was pretty helpless in terms of being able to counter it. However, they did make some adjustments in the second half and were able to get back into the game, got their offense going. Justin Fields, I thought, was quite impressive. Probably the most impressive I've seen him since maybe the Pittsburgh game last season. Um, it's just disappointing that he didn't have a chance to tie the game after Amir Smith-Marset was stripped, after he should have got out of bounds. But I'm not going to ramble on about that. The Vikings moved to 4-1, and one, the Bears 2-3. and three. And, yeah, like I call at the start of the season, I still think the Vikings are in the in the box seat in the NFC North this year. Yep. Uh, look, this game I only really saw much of the first half, which was, as you said, the Justin Jefferson show. Second half I didn't get to see much of, just because Red Zone, as I said, wasn't showcasing it. Um, but back to the standings, yep, Vikings are one game clear of the Packers. They also have the head-to-head advantage right now. And they look to be in better form. I can't comment on whether or not the Vikings are better than the Packers completely just because the Vikings are inconsistent as a whole. And I feel like towards the end of the season, if the Packers get enough wins like in these next few weeks, um, they'll hit their stride and get into that that playoff form that they're known for. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> their end of regular season form, obviously their playoff form is choking. But I digress. Vikings, good win against the Bears. Bears, unfortunate. That would have been a cooler... I would, I would like to see the continuation of that drive had... You know, that receiver just gone out of bounds. Indeed. Keeping it in the NFC, we had the Seahawks and Saints in another very high-scoring game involving the Seahawks this time. They were on the losing side, losing 39-32 to um, in New Orleans. And it was kind of just Taysom Hill who managed four total touchdowns, one passing, three rushing here. So it had 112 rushing yards. Um, Geno Smith dialing it up once again. Um, just yeah, the Seahawks have been very fun to watch, just because you know their offense has been competent 
and the defense has not been, which has made for good viewing in terms of um, you know a somewhat tight contest in the last couple of weeks. Well, I think the offense has been more than competent. I think they've been great for the last three weeks. They had a good showing against Atlanta, an incredible showing against Detroit, another incredible showing here. I'm comfortable whenever that offense is on the field. I'm comfortable Geno Smith can do what he has to do to get that first down and keep the drive going. The defense is awful. That uh, that last touchdown for the Saints, the Taysom Hill run, it was the most predictable play call of all time. There was no receivers on the field. It was obviously a run. And Quandre Diggs just completely whiffed on the tackle. I think he had a really bad game. He hasn't really shown up at all uh, so far this season. Obviously, with the absence of Jamal Adams, it doesn't help. But Ryan Neal has been filling in that spot decently. However, the refs in this game were absolutely atrocious. If you go back to the DK Metcalf fumble, his arm was clearly down. That was not a fumble by any means. And the Saints scored off that turnover, but that was a questionable score indeed because Chris Olave did not complete the catch. He did not. He made the catch, but he did not hold on to it after he made contact with the ground. That was an incredible play by Kobe Bryant, who had his arm locked in between the player and the ball, and he did what he had to do. He swung him down and caused the ball to break out of the arms. That is not a touchdown. I cannot believe the refs kind of screwed the Seahawks on this one. I'm, I'm not saying they won them the game. Uh, they won the Saints the game, but those Definitely two not. calls back to back played such a cr- crucial part at the start of the second half. It was such a big momentum swing that uh, just kind of sucked the life out of me. Uh, Ken Walker, though, awesome, awesome play to have for your first ever touchdown. Uh, obviously, Rashad Penny got injured. He rolled his ankle. Hopefully, he's all right. Yeah, he seems to not be able to stay away from the injuries. Penny, but um, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, you can't really play him 39 points on a couple of calls and the refs. No, I blame, um, I blame seven of those 39. <laughs> well, 39, 32, um, keep it in the NFC with the Falcons and Bucks. Again, odd game. The Buccaneers had it looked like they were going to shut out the Falcons, leading twenty-one to zero, heading to the fourth. Falcons score fifty-nine unanswered in the fourth quarter. Got pretty close to um, at least getting a chance to go ahead, but obviously it was a pretty controversial. Um, I believe it, it was unnecessary roughness or roughing the passer or something against Grady Jarrett when he. Literally just sacked Tom Brady, who had a bit of a dummy spit and and literally got his way. Um, yeah. It was it was pretty it was pretty funny to be honest. Um, obviously, you'd be pretty seething with rage if you were a Falcons fan watching that. I still don't think they would have won, but yeah, it definitely made for an entertaining end to the game. Um, yeah, Bucks go to three and two. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Should we talk about Brady's personal life dilemma right now? Him and Giselle have high divorce lawyers, but it doesn't seem to be affecting him too much. Uh, he seems to be quite all right on the field. Sorry, go ahead. What no, are your thoughts on that? Frankly, I could not care less about it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, like for me, the only talking point is like if it, this would affect him yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be at all. Uh, obviously, him coming out of retirement is why they, is the reason for their... Break up, but yeah, look, I think the Falcons could have won that game had the sack counted because it was at a crucial time. They had a lot of momentum going. Uh, when you have Grady Jarrett, one of the leaders of that defense, come up with a big play in that moment, uh, you definitely feel all the momentum and then to have it all stripped away by an absolutely awful call. Uh, yeah, not great. pretty bad, pretty bad. Brady was 35 of 52 for 351 yards and a touchdown, so he was, he was decent. 
did wait to do um, just another kind of. I don't. I don't think it's not. I think it's not too dissimilar to Aaron Rodgers in the sense that they're just both, just kind of cruising along, um, just kind of picking up these these really just you know non memorable wins on their way to a, a likely another uh, playoff campaign. But yeah, judging by today, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that um, what's going on in Brady's personal life is affecting him no. that much. But yeah, Falcons. I've been I've been um, impressed with what they've done so far. Um, again, the kind of like the Lions are unlucky to be what their record is right now, just just because of um, how I guess competitive they've been in their five games this season for the most part. Um, but yeah, just their first three quarters, they didn't just have to win this one, um, and they lose. Another NFC game in the late window, the 49ers and Panthers. I did not see much of this one, but the 49ers ran away with it quite easily in Carolina, winning 37-15 to 15 over the Panthers, who are just completely inept offensively. And today they were inept defensively as well. Um, I do actually hold their defense pretty highly, but today, yeah, look... It, it, it wasn't great on either side of the ball, and I think this locker room is completely, um, yeah, just checked out oh, yeah. um, in terms of head coach Matt Rule. Uh, I think, speaking of Matt Rule, I think he's gone at the end of this season. 100%. I think, uh, unless unless the Panthers somehow manage to salvage a winning record, even then, uh, Brad Flores got the boot <laughs> for having a winning record. Panthers are off to a horrible start to the season, and... Baker Mayfield has not been impressive. Christian McCaffrey's doing everything he can, but it's just not enough. Um, yeah, Matt Rule's gone at the end of the season, calling it now. I think most people would agree on that. Four Niners look great. I didn't cover them last week because I recorded on Monday. They were playing on the Tuesday. They dominated the Rams on Monday Night Football. Huge division win there. And they come out on top of the NFC West for this week. We'll get to the Rams in a bit. But, uh, yeah, I said during the Seahawks game against the Niners... In week two, once Trey Lance was injured, I'm more scared of the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo just because he's more familiar with the scheme. And look, this is what can happen. You rely on the run game. He'll make, he'll make the plays when he has to. Uh, 49ers offense looks great. Yeah, no, I agree with that assessment. Um, I think there's also like a renewed self-belief within that team with Jimmy back. I think it's, like you said, it's more familiar. Um, I think the locker room has kind of had a bit of a resurgence. I, th- I think Jimmy's... a easy guy to kind of root for. yeah. And he comes across as a good teammate. So, yeah, they're riding high at the moment, the 49ers. Just quickly back on the Panthers, they're one of just uh, four teams who are currently one and four. And I think there's a case to be made that they are the worst team in the NFL at this current point in time. I think the Lions are better than them. Um, I think the Steelers are better than them. Um, The Commanders, I, I, I think they could be two and three. Look, the Panthers just, they cannot do anything offensively despite the weapons they have. I mean, like, they've got DJ Moore. Yeah. Um, they, they've got Christian McCaffrey, but nothing's happening there. And, yeah, Matt Rule is most definitely gone in my mind. Two more AFC games in the early window. Just quickly, I don't think there's much to talk about with the Bills and Steelers. The Bills won 38-3 to 
I actually kept a pretty close eye on this one because my man Josh Allen is my fantasy quarterback and he was lights out. 424 passing yards and four touchdowns. He also had five carries to 42 rushing yards. He had one pick. That was probably his only blemish. And yeah, he's obviously just continuing on his way to putting together a um, you know campaign for an MVP award. Yeah, they may not be undefeated, but I still believe this is the best team in the league right now. Uh, obviously, that game against the Dolphins, I think, is an outlier. The Bills were missing a lot of players defensively and the Dolphins were playing very well. This team is 4-1, and and they're playing like they're undefeated right now. They're looking quite unstoppable. They got the Chiefs next week. That'll be an insanely, like, highly anticipated game. Uh, The Steelers, that's a rough game to start for Kenny Pickett. This is his first career start, and you throw him against the Bills in Buffalo, and obviously only managed to put up three points for that offense. But, look, it's not like he could do much. That Bills defense is quite stellar. And it's not an easy environment for a rookie to play in. Yep. Agreed. Chargers-Browns is the last AFC game in this early window. And it was the Chargers who came out on top 30-28. to 28. It was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty gutsy performance by, um, you know, Herbert and Eckler, uh, particularly for the Chargers. Obviously, the Browns gave it a pretty good shot with Brissette at quarterback, who I've been impressed with. He... Threw for 230 yards and a touchdown. Eckler, 173 yards rushing and a touchdown as well. Um, the Chargers look to be back to their normal selves offensively. Obviously, there's still some defensive kinks to work out. I think this defense, considering some of the names on it, are still giving up too many points in my liking. Yep, absolutely. This is a game the Chargers should have lost. Uh, solely because the decision for Brandon Staley to go for it on fourth down and two in your own territory when the Browns don't have any timeouts. Uh, that is something that really should have... It, it went wrong. Obviously, they turned the ball over. And the Browns should have won that game. They only needed a few hours to make it a safe field goal. Cade York missed it. And if he'd made it, uh, I, I think the Chargers would be under fire right now on all sides because you cannot go for it on fourth and two in your own half when you can just punt it, get good field position, and force the Browns to get about 60 yards without any timeouts and less than a minute left. Come on. I don't mind it. Oh, I still on. don't mind it. I mean, no. if I have that offense, I, I'm perfectly fine with trusting that offense. Um, I, th- I still think the the issue is the defense. Um, the defense is still giving up too many points, too many yards. Like, just, I don't care if Bose is out. Like, you've still got more than enough names there to be able to contain a Browns offense led by Jacoby Brissett. Um yeah, I, I don't think the defense is playing well enough. The Chargers deserve to win this game based on how they played throughout. Like they they were pretty pretty good offensively. Like it, it's easy to pick out one play and say, oh, you know, they, they should they should have lost. They should have done that. I mean, it's two, it's two yards. You, you trust an offense led by some of those players. I, I trust an offense led by the likes of Herbert Eckler Williams to get two yards. Granted, it's in their its own half. It's a gutsy call, obviously. A lot of these didn't pay off for Staley and the Chargers last season. Arguably, it's one of the main reasons they missed the playoffs. But, look, they've got a great offense, and I I don't blame them for thinking they could get two yards with some of these, you know, very highly skilled position players and a strong O-line. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I don't want to see that call again. If, if, if I was a Chargers fan in that moment, happen again. I would have been infuriated. This won't be the last time I would have been infuriated if I was a Chargers fan. Go short and fourth down. Moment. In a in a tough situation, but yeah, the Chargers are three three and two, and 
Look, the the outlook is very positive for them, I believe, especially considering what the outlook looked like for a short amount of time just a couple of weeks ago when Herbert went down against the Chiefs. They're back at three and two. Um, I, I, I do think they're in a pretty strong position um, currently. Obviously, you know, the AFC West maybe isn't as strong as we thought it was. Um, listen, if, if if the Chiefs lose tomorrow, then you know they're going to be tied on top of the AFC West. They're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. And some of these other AFC teams are underperforming. I think they will be well and truly in the AFC West race come the end of this season. Yep, I agree. That covers all the late window games. There were... Early window. Sorry? Early window. Did I say late? Yeah. Early window games. There are two we haven't covered. The Cowboys and the Rams. I did not see a lot of the late window at all. Um, I'll put that out there. The Cowboys beat the Rams 22-10 to 10 in LA. It was another pretty hideous showing for Matthew Stafford and the Rams' offense. I think there are some genuine signs of concerns for the Rams. You know, it, it looks like a lot of teams have figured them out. Um, the offensive line has not been as strong as it was last season. It looks to be missing um, Andrew Whitworth yep. quite a lot to manage 10 points at home. I get that the Cowboys' defense is quite good, but, yeah, with the kind of guys they've got on offense, you've got to be putting up more than that. And how about Cooper Rush? He's now won his first four games as a Cowboys starting quarterback. And I think it does start to beg the question of, can you let Dak Prescott sit a couple more weeks if if possible? I mean, I, I don't think there's any rush to have him back, judging by what we've seen in terms of Cooper Rush being able to run this offense. Yep, I agree. They've got the Eagles next week, and that's a huge game on Sunday Night Football. If they can win that one, they'll be on top of the NFC East with the head-to-head advantage. If Cooper Rush can manage to win that game, I think it's no doubt you keep him. You're undefeated with him. He's doing what he has to do. Obviously, his you know stats aren't incredible, but the Cowboys winning games with him, that's what matters at the end of the day. Back to the Rams. Uh, very disappointing last few weeks for them. Obviously, getting destroyed by the Fort Lauderdale. Well, getting, not destroyed, but... It wasn't a close game against the Niners. The Niners dominated that game. And this game was the same. The Cowboys had a lead the entire game. <laughs> uh, what more can you want from them? I think that the Cowboys fans are going to be happy with that defense. Obviously, Tony Pollard had a good game. Uh, Zeke as well. The running game is carrying the offense at the moment. Makes it so much easier for us as well. Yeah. And he's been able to hit the passes that he has to as well. Yeah, um, You really can't fault how they're going about it. And obviously, the defense is playing out of their skin too. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a huge game in terms of the NFC East next week. Yep. And there wouldn't have been many of us that would have, would have picked the Eagles and Cowboys having been four and five win teams after five weeks. Yeah, that no, so, wouldn't be me though. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that five win Eagles team, they moved to 5 and 0 after beating the Cardinals 20 to 17 in Arizona. Obviously, um, that late game missed field goal by Matt Amendola, who missed. Wide right, just like he missed wide right in the warm-ups, as was um, mentioned on the broadcast. It was pretty wild, to be honest. And I'd yeah, it's pretty upsetting. As a, it would have to be quite upsetting as a Cardinals fan. Um, this one should have gone to OT, I think. It, and and I, I was hoping it would have. It would have been you know a nice, entertaining way to finish the game. But the Eagles get the job done. They hold that Kyle Murray led offense to just seventeen points. 
Uh, yeah, look, Calamari looked bad to start the game. But look, the Cardinals picked it up. Uh, the Eagles looked as they have for the past few weeks. I think Jalen Hurts has been impressive. But I'll say this again. I said it last week on the podcast. But this Eagles team is not convincing me that they're the best team in the league. Even though they have the 5-0 record, they haven't played you know great opponents. And they've sort of you know, done what they had to do, but they're not exceeding to that level of the Bills or Chiefs, in my opinion. What do you oh, no, to? definitely yeah. not. Um, I mean, like, just because they're 5-0, I don't think they're the best team in the league. Um, yeah. you, see all the, you see all these power rankings saying the Eagles are the best, but, like, yeah, t- t- To be honest with you, I don't really look at many power rankings. Most of them are just clickbait. You know, <laughs> they're trying to get the, um, the old algorithm up by baiting the comments. I... Yeah, I think it's pretty clear to most, including us, that the Chiefs and be- uh, Bills are, you know, obviously superior at this point in time. The Eagles have beat who, they have to, who they've had to beat. They've been very impressive in doing so. Obviously, you know, 5-0 and is... You can't ask for anything more, yeah. really, if you're an Eagles fan. Like, 5-0, and you're not going to complain about that. Regardless of some of these wins, if they've been, you know, harder than they should have been, okay, but, you know... They've won all their games so far, and next week is obviously going to be a massive, massive game. Yeah, Eagles, Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs. Yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be very, very fun to watch. Very interesting to watch. Um, you'd think some season defining uh, matchups next week. I would hope so. Sunday night football. We that one finished up not too long ago. It was the Ravens who won nineteen to seventeen. Thanks to some more Justin Tucker uh, kicking heroics. Um, yeah, this one was not super amazing to watch. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, was relatively disappointing. Um, I get that his O-line didn't always give him much time, but Jesus Christ, the amount of battered balls at the line of scrimmage, it was hard to watch, and I would have been bloody frustrated watching that. Um, just... Throw it higher. Like, yeah. it, it, it was literally pissing me off watching it. Like, it, the O-line has been pretty disappointing, again, for the Bengals. Um, I know they gave up a lot of sacks in the first three weeks. They've been slightly better in protecting Bo the last couple. But overall, in my mind at least, it still hasn't been the, the kind of improvement I wanted to see from that O-line to give Burrow, you know, the best chance at delivering wins with this team. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah. This Bengals offense is just missing something that their offense that that it had last year towards like their playoff run. I What's think, that? I, I don't know. It's just some sort of fire or some sort of like security because when the Bengals have the ball on offense, I'm not, I'm not sure that you know they'll get the first down. I'm not when they went for it on fourth down. In the end of the game, near the end of the game, right there, instead of go, instead of taking the three points to make it a tied game, I was I was thinking they probably won't get this that get this fourth down. I I just had a feeling in my mind or in my gut. Last, if if you ask me the same question last year, I'd be yeah, they're getting this easy two two yards, they'll get a touchdown. But there's just something missing here. Maybe the online, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe the receivers. Joe Mixon is playing well. I don't think it's him. Uh, but look, credit to the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a great game-winning drive there in the end. Uh, they moved to three and two, top of the AFC uh, North. So yeah, I, I thought uh, Jackson was disappointing as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of great throws he made, and he missed multiple, um, you know, breaking open receivers down the field. Yes, um, it 
should have been a different story for Jackson. And I thought both were fairly disappointing in what should have been, you know, one of the best QB matchups of the week. Yeah, well, it was a good final drive though from Lamar. At least he got that. That like that's what they needed out of him. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, he he did it more with his feet, which yeah. it, that's fine. Good on him. Um, they get the win. But yeah, he he had to do more with his arm, I think. And you know, th- these are kind of. Uh, games that are going to be looked back on when determining the kind of contract he's going to get because we know what he can do with his feet. Yeah. We know what he can do with his arm, but in terms of consistently um, and in the playoffs, we'll see. But it was a win the Ravens desperately needed um, after these some of the losses that they've had this season so far. Yeah, Those are all of the games so far in week five. Tomorrow is Monday Night Football between the Raiders and Chiefs. The Raiders looking to get two wins on the trot, while the Chiefs are looking to move to four and one. Emelian, um, obviously the Raiders have been pretty disappointing so far this season. Um, do you give them any chance tomorrow? Uh, not an arrowhead. The way the way it goes with these games, usually with Chiefs and Raiders, is they'll usually have one close game, which the Chiefs end up winning, <laughs> and then they'll have an absolute blowout by the Chiefs later on in the season. Uh, this might be the close game, but I think the Chiefs win this pretty comfortably. I can't remember a time the Raiders have won in Arrowhead since I've started following yeah. the NFL. Like I, I just can't remember it. It, it may ha- it may have happened. It may not have, but. I give them like a little to zero chance of winning this yeah. game. For some reason, Derek Carr just annoys me when he plays. Like <laughs> he, he always just like I don't know. He, he's I don't know. Hey, if they can win it, it'll make the AFC West a hell of a lot more interesting because we've got Chargers, uh, Chargers, Broncos next next week as well on Monday Night Football, and the Raiders are on a bye. So yeah, it'll be interesting for the AFC West race, but it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. I'm thinking the chair seem pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we've got an enthralling Thursday night oh, matchup yes. between the Bears and Commanders. Yep. Um, that's that's one game I'm glad I won't be watching. <laughs> you have to, though. I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm quite yeah. looking forward to it. <laughs> anyway, until next week, thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Touchdown Under podcast. We will see you next time when we recap all the action of week six of the 2022 NFL season. See you guys.